Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. San Jose recovering the puck, the hurdle line, putting it forward. Here's Megna jumping up into the play, carries the blue line, pick pack, and moving in with a backhand chance. They score! Tomas Hurdle in the opening minute of the third period! Digs the puck around, the goaltender Ottinger puts it past him. 29 seconds in, the San Jose Sharks now lead 5-2. to two. Yeah, they're obviously highly skilled. Um, you know, uh, Carell, Zuki, uh, Boldy. Um, you know, they get uh, they got guys that uh, that are fantastic with the puck. And um, you know, I think anytime you got players like that, if you want to keep the puck away from them, uh, have them play in their own end and, and defend. Uh, I know then if, if that's what we do and we stay physical on them, there's a certain uh, frustration level that can set in. So um, I think that's a pretty simple game plan. All right, good afternoon and or good morning, depending on when you are listening to this, but we are getting ready for Sharks hockey. Of course, San Jose looking for two wins in a row today after having a very nice win, I thought, in Dallas. And I know that some people were not too happy that a 5-2 lead turned into a 5-4 finish, but my first contention is that A, I am happy with a win, however it may come, and B, you know what, Dallas is a good team. They were going to fight their way back into that game, and there is just a matter of the Sharks needing to win more than anything else. They just need to simply get these points. It doesn't matter how clean it is. It doesn't matter how pretty it is. It doesn't matter at all, except for that they get two points when all is said and done, because the Sharks were in need of that one the other night in a bad way, having five straights without a win. You also add that three of those consecutively had come in shootouts before they lost in St. Louis. And a big win in Dallas sets the stage for what you hope is another nice performance against a Minnesota team that after a relatively slow start appears to be finding their footing. And, you know, their goalie has turned things around, which is a big help for them after Marc-Andre Fleury had a rough start to his season. If you watch any of that game the other night in which the Wild beat the Kraken 1-0, Fleury had 28 saves, didn't allow anything in, obviously, and uh, he was he was good enough to win. I know that a 1-0 win is a razor-thin margin of victory in any sport, but you know what? Sometimes that's the way you got to win them, and if Mar- that Marc-Andre Fleury shows up again, uh, it's going to be very difficult for the San Jose Sharks, but at the same time, You've now got Tomas Hurdle feeling like he is finding his game again. You've got Timo Meyer. He's been on a roll. Eric Carlson, you know, he's been otherworldly, otherworldly, except for the other night when he didn't have any points when the Sharks scored five goals. But honestly, I view that as a good thing because the Sharks were not becoming overly reliant on that. But it's like, hey, you, you need somebody other than Eric Carlson to come out here and kind of save the day for the Sharks. And now you watch Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle find their game, and Logan Couture has been playing very well, and you kind of hope that this begins to spread. And another thing that I can't help but notice is that Kevin LeBanc 
you know, with Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle has been looking much more lively in his game. And, you know, it doesn't matter how you get these results. It doesn't matter if you're putting a guy on a good line. It doesn't matter if you're moving a guy somewhere else. If it is yielding results, if it is yielding things in a positive direction, I am all for it. Uh, when we came in there, we heard from Nico Sturm talking about wanting to get the Sharks kind of back on track and get them to stay in the fight. And listen, I... I'm all for that mentality. If the Sharks can rip off some wins, which is not going to be easy because after today, they do to go go to Las Vegas on Tuesday night, but Las Vegas' nine-game win streak came to a close. So they'll might be cooling a little bit. The Sharks might be finding them at a good time. But overall, you just want things to kind of settle in for the Sharks. And if you heard me speak with Curtis Pashelka that I used on our last episode of the Build Up, you know, we talked about it might take some time for the Sharks to figure this out. It could take 20 games. It could take, you know, a little bit longer. But I, I think that we all agree that the Sharks are better than what their record should show. I mean, the fact that they only have, you know, four wins through this point of the season, that is very disappointing. And yeah, you got, you know, five points on the homestand, but all of those games on the homestand were potentially winnable. And it just, you know, it presented itself as overall frustrating because you thought the Sharks were going to be able to do more. You thought that the Sharks were going to be able to get themselves a bit more on that homestand. But you know what? As David Quinn pointed out many times, sometimes you've got to go through that pain. You've got to go through that, you know, trouble. You've got to go through your baptism by fire to come out clean on the other side. And hopefully that is what the Sharks have been going through. So um, we're going to talk a little bit more about what David Quinn had to say earlier this morning, as well as Nico Sturm. But I wanted to give you a uh, look back at a busy day of NHL activity that we saw yesterday. A three-point night from Claude Giroux led the Sens to a much-needed win over the Flyers. One-timer is to line and blocked by Brandstrom. Shoots for the empty net, hits his own teammate. And Brady Kachuk, who went down for a moment. Kachuk back up, trying to sprint it out. Stutzla at the gaping cage around Ristolainen, and he scores anyway. So Stutzla would have had the goal had that puck not gone in, but it does, and a big empty net goal. The audio courtesy TSN as Ottawa gets the empty netter to cruise to a 4-1 win over Philly. The Senators have a lot of work to do, however, as they sit at the bottom of the Atlantic. They'll be in New York taking on the Islanders on Monday night. In Florida, Tyson Berry powered the Oilers with a two-goal night. Five of the uh, blast and a score for Tyson Berry. He's got two and the Oilers back in front. Gee, Principe, we apologize. <laughs> the audio from Sportsnet Oilers, 4-2 winners over the Panthers. Update on Evander Kane, his wrist currently immobilized, the blade cutting him all the way down to the bone. He is going to be out for three to four months. The Oilers currently sit at 9-7-0 on the season, and they host the Kings in a big division matchup Wednesday night. The Devils stayed red hot, extending their win streak to nine games. That's their longest since 2007. Three early saves for the Devils in his fifth career start, his first this year. If you're just joining us, Vitek Vanacek out today for cautionary reasons. Nico Dawes up from Utica as the backup. Here's Nico Heischer to the offensive end. Heischer plays it back behind goal. Fabian Zetterlin centers, and Tomas Tatar scores! Tomas Tatar with a goal and an assist, leading the Devils to a 4-2 win over the Coyotes. The Devils now an impressive 12-3-0 on the year, and they lead the Metropolitan Division. Right behind them are the Islanders, who sport a record of 10-6-0. 
In Buffalo last night, it was Patrice Bergeron of the Bruins scoring not once. Saucer pass. Pasternak, Krejci. And Anderson holds the short side. Bergeron to Pasternak. Bergeron scores! Marshawn got it toward goal. And Patrice Bergeron. But twice. Two minutes to go. We'll keep our eyes on Craig Anderson. Skinner couldn't handle the puck. Pasternak. Bergeron scores from Marshawn. Pasternak, magical hands, midair. The Bruins continued their hot start to the season, downing the Sabres 3-1. Boston 13-2-0 on the year. Sabres 7-8-0 on the year. Boston has the second half of a away and home back-to-back as they host the Canucks today at 3. As for Buffalo, they'll be back at it on Tuesday night when they get their chance to host the Canucks. Overtime last night in Montreal, 4-4 between the Canadians and the Pens. Who else but the red-hot Mike Hoffman? Montreal has now won three games in a row. They are 8-6-1 on the year. They will stay home and host the Devils on Tuesday night. The Pens get some rest as well. They too back on Tuesday hosting Toronto. At one point last night, it was all Vancouver. And it's the goal scorer Horvat trying to center against David Kemp. Miller kicks it back to the line. Hughes back to Miller. There's the shot. Scores! T.T. Miller... And it's a two-goal Vancouver lead. And the power play gets hot again. Yeah, they sure do. It just You win the draw, you get the setup you want, you move the puck to the danger zone. It did not last, however, as Toronto came roaring back with three straight goals. And through for Nylander. Engvall's come over the boards. He goes to the front of the net. It'll come back to Morgan Riley. His shot deflected. Lucian Buck scores! It's Dirty Ben! Jordy Ben nets the game winner for Toronto in what turns into a come-from-behind 3-2 win over the Canucks. Vancouver at 4-8-3 on the year, losing for the fourth time in their last six games. As we alluded to earlier, the Canucks will be in Boston today, taking on the Bruins at 3. And on Tuesday, Toronto visits the Pens at 4. The Islanders rallied last night from a 1-0 deficit, a 2-1 deficit, a 3-2 deficit, and finally found the winner in overtime. Said, okay, well, let you re- regroup. Line A to Goudreau off his stick. Islanders get possession for the first time here in OT. Interference. Look at oh, they got and a they called it. Here's Pajot. Parisi fighting through it. Scores! Zach Parisi, game winner. 4-3, Isles take it. For the Islanders, who currently occupy the second spot in the Metro, that makes them 10-6-0 on the year. As for the Blue Jackets, they drop to 4-9-1 and one on the season, currently at the bottom of the Metro. In Nashville, Yusuf Parsonen in his NHL debut. Here comes big Kevante, Andre Miller. Keandre Miller, rather. 6'5". Outstanding play. 2-on-2 two two coming up for Parsonen. 
He'll pick up speed. Turns the corner. Parson! He scores! Oh, what a way to start your NHL career! Parsonen was selected by Nashville in the seventh round of the 2019 NHL draft, recalled from Milwaukee earlier on Saturday, giving the Predators that one nothing lead at 4:58 of the first period, and the and the Preds would hold on to defeat the Rangers by a final of two to one. There is not much slowing down the Colorado Avalanche these days. Car can't get it out. See James Cannon will. Miko on hand. Could be a two on one with McKinnon. Here comes Ranton into McKinnon. Shoots. Score! To put it past the outskirts Ranton inside the near post, his fourth goal of the season. Colorado with the win 4-1 over the Canes leads the Central 8-4-1 on the year. They've won four in a row. The Canes drop, and I use the term loosely, drop to 9-5-1. They are currently third in the highly competitive Metro. Chicago went into Anaheim and got a win against the Ducks. Gulikov is batted down by Murphy and picked up by Kurashev with Domi to his right. Kurashev up in the zone. Tenorti lets it loose and a score! Tipped in and the Hawks have the lead. Kurashev was close to the net. Jared Tenorti with his second goal of the game. That one coming with 2.42 left in the third period as the Blackhawks defeat the Ducks 3-2 last night for Chicago. Middle of the pack now in the Central, 6-5-3 on the year. As for Anaheim, the loss keeps them in the basement of the Pacific, 4-10-1 on the year. They've lost three in a row. Jordan Bennington and the Blues put an end to the streaking night's ways. But the game winner came from Ryan O'Reilly in the second period. And Rosen at the line. Here's Nick Haig around the boards, cut off by Mikola. Now back of the goal, in front shot, they score! And O'Reilly has given the Blues a 3-2 lead. Bennington did make 34 saves on the night, helping the Blues to a 3-2 win over Vegas. But as you would imagine, Vegas still sits at the top of the Pacific, 13-3-0 on the year. St. Louis at the bottom of the Central, 5-8-0 on the year. The Flames got a hard-fought win against the Jets last night. Yeah, off. Certainly not 100% yet. Yeah, he, he screwed the worst of it, but yeah, definitely still dealing with lingering effects. Here's Lindholm. Better room off the way. In front, Rosicka scores! Calgary nets the 3-2 win to improve to 6-6-2 on the year. As for Winnipeg, the loss marks their first in four games. And the LA Kings continued their impressive start to the season, improving to 10-6-1 with a 4-3 victory over Detroit. Deneau wins a faceoff. Dursey walks the line. Deneau across to Cali. Dursey from out high. Score!
Again, 4-3 the final in favor of L.A. They are 10-6-1 on the year. And the Red Wings, even with the loss at 7-5-3, that is better than I expected. Taking a look at the schedule for today, by the time this airs, the Stars and Flyers will be well underway as the first game of the day. And then at 3, in addition to the Sharks and the Wild, we've got the Canucks at the Bruins, the Coyotes at the Rangers at 4, the Caps see the Bolts at 4 as well, and then at 5, the Jets visit the Kraken. But of course, today at 3, the Sharks in Minnesota taking on the Wild. Our pregame coverage starts at 2.30 right here on the Sharks Audio Network with Dan Rusinowski and Brett Hedekin. Uh, But one of the things that the Sharks are hoping to do more of today is what they did against Dallas on Friday night, especially kind of pushing them to the outside, which is what Sheng Peng of San Jose Hockey Now asked David Quinn about earlier this morning. Yeah, I mean, when you watch, I mean, we definitely spent too much time on our end right after. It was funny. After we made it 4-2, to I thought we changed the way we played a little bit. I thought we were much more conservative. I thought we lost our five-man gap mentality. Um, I guess that can happen when you, you know, you've been in our situation. You know, you're up 4-2, to even though it's only in the second. And, you know, because of what we've gone through, the mental scars we've created for ourselves over the last two weeks I think sometimes that can creep in and I think that's what happened uh once we went up four to two and then we got up five to two and you know re-watching the game I, I you know we did a lot of good things like to your point uh Shane we we defended hard we kept everything on the outside and we've touched on this you know I think our d-zone coverage has been good uh throughout the season and you know the goal is to not spend that much time in your own end and you know hopefully we can get back to you know establishing our forecheck and possessing in the ozone and, and, you know, spending time in the offensive zone the way we, we hope to and the, the way I think we have throughout, uh, you know, the last 10, 11 games. And another big plus for the Sharks was the fact that they started off the second period scoring two early goals and third period scoring an early goal. And especially the second period, that was a big bounce back after they gave up a goal with 20 seconds remaining in the first. You know, that's the type of response that I think all of us and David Quinn want to see. I mean, listen, we start, you know, we start both the second, third period with, you know, high energy, establishing the offensive zone and getting goals early on. So, I mean, loved our response to another backbreaker in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, with what's gone on with us over the last two weeks, I really could have spiraled out of control. And, you know, I loved what we did right after that, you know, start the period the way we did, scored two goals quick. In the fashion that we did it, you know, to me, not only that we scored them, but the way we scored them and, you know, playing our, the way we want to play, uh, you know, we're just really proud of, of our mental and physical effort, you know, throughout the night. And if you did spend any time reading any of the articles or looking at the uh, social media landscape, you learned that that win for David Quinn the other night was his 100th career win. And that was something he was also asked about. Uh, it's funny. I, you know, I was aware of it because people were telling me about it, but, if I told you the amount of time I've thought about that, I don't think it would reach 10 seconds. So, um, I, it, listen, it's it's nice. And, you know, it's you're coaching in the National Hockey League and you win 100 games. It's it's pretty cool. But, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, maybe later on in life, hopefully it's a much bigger number later on in life. And, you know, you sit back and you reflect. But, I mean, I, I'm not belittling it, but I, I really have not spent more than five seconds thinking about it. The only time I think about it or talk about it is when people ask me about it. But uh, thank you for asking. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that he thinks it's pretty cool. It's hard to win one, let alone 100 games in the NHL. But I would think that he would say, yeah, that would be nice to look back as the first 100 of many, many hundred more. And I'm sure he's got his eyes on building the San Jose Sharks team out and taking them back to the playoffs and being part 
of where this is headed. All the more reason to continue to build things in the right direction and get win 101 today against the Wild, a team that, again, is finding their footing. Their goalie is getting exactly where he needs to be, and this is going to be a tough one for the Sharks. But the Sharks just went in and won unexpectedly against a tough Dallas team. They won unexpectedly against a Rangers team in New York, and so that's why I think, hey, anything can happen. And with that being said, yeah, the Sharks are due for a correction to where they should be as opposed to where they've been. And that's a good time for right now to see this correction come. There is always a quote-unquote regression to the mean. That's where we hope the Sharks are. Remember, join us at 2.30 for pregame coverage live here on the Sharks Audio Network as the Sharks visit the Wild in Minnesota. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.